You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR. Uh, streaming across the country and uh, streaming across the world, FNR. And we're heading off to a place called Goa in India. We're going to go via Zoom using all the latest technology. Uh, Josh Parrish is on my immediate uh, left uh, left side. Uh, he's also running the controls. We're delighted to be able to say uh, hello and welcome to State of Our Football Nation. My name is George Danikian. And right now, let's, let's see if we can discover what's happening in Goa. There's a young man who's just been having a bit of a, uh, a, a relaxing day. He's been, on, I think, on the massage table. He's got the beach almost outside his left window there. It's David Williams. Uh, Willow, welcome to FNR. Thank you, George. Thanks, Josh. Thanks for having me. Uh, mate, it's a thrill for us to be able to get you in between your commitments playing in the Indian Premier League. And uh, what a year it's been. Um, it's been, of course, knocked around severely by COVID. Uh, fans, no fans. What's the latest? No fans, unfortunately, for the last two seasons. So they've completely closed the door to that, which is, yeah, affects the games. I think it affects the players. It affects the level and... Um, you know the pace of the game as well. So you know, once once that's back, I, I think you can see um, the the level of the all the intensity will will lift, and you probably see a few more exciting games. You know, so um, it is what it is. But I, from all reports, next year will be back to normal. Does that put ATK at a bit of a disadvantage, Willow? Because uh, I mean, I don't know all that much about the uh, uh, the Indian League, but it seems as if they're one of the clubs with a bigger following than most. Yeah, I think it does. I mean, we've we've got a very very good team to still get results and be successful. Um, but as a player, you know, sometimes I was running down the wing, and with a crowd of twenty five to fifty thousand, depending on what type of occasion it was, they're just right behind you. The Indian fans don't mm. chant um, special songs together. There's group, different <laughs> groups all over the spot. But as soon as one player leaves the halfway line on a, a run up the up the wing or a counter-attack, the whole level just rises. So it doesn't matter if you're tired, you know, mentally you can't keep going. There's something that the crowd just pushes you, and that's all around the world. Um, and you can just push and push and push, whereas these days if the same situation on the pitch, you, you might run to a certain point, um, and then the defender's in front of you and you just turn out and go back and recycle the ball and things like that, then it's not as exciting. But you retain possession, but the fans don't want to see possession. They want to see counterattacks. They want to see goals. So I think that takes away from also some attributes of some uh, attacking players mm. um, of you know quick counterattacks, whereas, yeah, it, it goes against sometimes the, the difference of coaches tactics of keeping the ball and and whatnot but at the end of the day i think we have to play football for the fans um that's how football is made is is purely fans so it's disappointing not to be able to play in front of them and you know they they spend money to come on with tickets or you know on the bus or with merchandise and yep. um now, we, we kind of have to give them what they want. Listen, the broadcast rights over there are substantial. And what people don't readily appreciate about the Indian Premier League is that some of the biggest names in India, some of the biggest names in Indian sport, uh, we're talking about some of the biggest cricketing names, uh, they, they own football clubs in the Indian Premier League. 
yeah, it's it's quite crazy. We have Ganguly as a part of our club. Um, whether <laughs> the, you whether, mean the wall, that, the, the man they call the yeah, wall, Ganguly. Yeah, yeah. Whether or not that's um, you know for the uh, you know appearance type thing, and um, you know to pump the the club up a little more. I'm not exactly sure of the details, but he definitely has a part in the club, and I've been at, uh, had the pleasure of meeting him before in my first season at the club. Um, and also Virat Kohli is part of Goa. Um, you know, they find faces of it to to boost um, also the, the popularity of football, which doesn't really need that a big of a boost because India is just so rich in football culture that not many people outside of the country know about. But football is huge here. Can I, can I just give you a, a glimpse, uh, take you way back to a place called Melbourne, 1956, and India beat Australia in a semi or a quarter final. Ted Smith, one yep. of the great uh, stars of uh, South Melbourne fame and Moreland fame, was one of the young boys making his uh, you know debut for Australia. Ron Lord was in goal, and and they came up against an Indian team that was barefoot. Just think about oh, wow. it. Yeah, yeah, and they didn't know quite how to go about uh, playing them. But the Indians didn't care. They just ran out, scored more goals than Australia and advanced. And, and of course, we had this incredible perception that, you know, must be um, uh, low-key football or they don't have a heritage. They have a vast heritage in sport and you're immersed in it right now. And the numbers you just talked about, 25,000, 50,000, they're, they're vast crowds. They're, they're, you're talking... Better crowds than the NRL, as big crowds as the AFL draws. Uh, that's big business. It's huge business, and we're not the only club who have big amounts of fans. Kerala have a huge base. I think they've got, you know, over one million followers on their socials uh, streams, and their atmosphere that they create in Kochi is unbelievable. Like my first game in India. Uh, was against Kerala, the opening match of the 2019-20 season. And it was electric. It was just yellow. It was a show. It was entertainment for them. And then after that entertainment, it was uh, 90 minutes of football and then entertainment again after. So it's um, it's a whole day occasion for them because they don't have that much. So uh, they have Bollywood stars come out and things like that. And that's what, you know, the it misses here in India is the whole occasion of a, a full day event. And then the football game, which, you know, we as players can excite everyone at the stadium. Um, so that's electric. We had yeah 50,000 at our stadium for a semi-final that year, um, which was quite, you know, amazing and goosebumpy, but we're playing in a uh, hundred thousand seater stadium. So Ooh. unfortunately that year um, we could never, play a derby but since ATK became a joint merger with Mahambagan now it's ATK Mahambagan now we have the opportunity to play the Kolkata derby against East Bengal so uh, next year I'm sure that'll happen whether or not I'm here uh, I'm there or not we've still got to discuss contracts but um, <laughs> it's 50,000 from each team and it's basically like an FA Cup style you've got orange and um yellow on one half and then green and maroon on the uh on the other half and it, it and it's huge and that 
Derby is, I think, over 120 years old. I think at wow. this stage. So uh, the quality um, of the quality crazy. of the football, the quality of the football. Are there young Indian players who you think, if we had uh, the franchises here pick pick them up or look to pick them up, they would make a, a serious contribution to the A League? One hundred percent. There's um, there's a couple of boys in our team who definitely have the potential. They've got the bodies for it. They've got the, you know, the mechanics to be good footballers. The unfortunate thing for a lot of Indians is is they don't, they didn't have the access to good training when they were six, seven years old. Academies, good pitches, um, you know, the right coaches to tell them what they're doing wrong or, you know, help them. In, in those circumstances. So if they can learn at an older age, they would definitely have the potential. But also they just need the right coach um, to either put their arm around them to say, this is what you're doing wrong, this is what you can do better. Um, here is driven a lot by the social media and you score one or two good goals and the social media goes crazy for them. So then, <laughs> you know, they, they get put up on a pedestal before they've really achieved anything. So um, possibly going overseas in getting in the right um, club with the right setup can definitely um, you know be something in the future for for Indian players so I've seen it also around the other teams um, that in the league that there's players who could definitely play in the A league whether or not they're better than what Australians are is arguable so do you take an Indian who's at this level um, or do you take someone you know, a young player, 18 or 16, 17, 18 at these these ages, who is just there that lives around the corner from the training ground. They don't have to do visas. They don't have to, mm. you know, pay rent and, you know, do all that. So cost effective, you've probably got a player that's here yeah. and there. So as an investment point of view in football, which it is these days in a business, you'd probably invest in the cheaper to then go higher. But in terms of that level, Indians um, uh, are some very, very good fine athletes and very good work ethic. They have mm. a good mentality. Um, good. Very respectful as well. Um, and, yeah, it's just their brains just have to open up to, to learning, um, which then I can see potential in them playing overseas, definitely. Something that might open the door for that, Willow, is uh, the A-League clubs adopting a, a four-plus-one rule with a with a visa spot reserved exclusively for an AFC player. And that's been discussed. A uh, recent article, it gets brought up every now and again, but recent article in the City Morning Herald by Don Bossy seems to suggest that, you know, it's on the cards very, very soon. And uh, he pinpointed uh, Sandesh Jingan as one player that the A-League clubs might try and Take a take a punt on as a, as an established Indian star to not only bring some quality to the A League but also bring in the fans. But I noticed he's just signed for your club. So can you tell us a little bit about him? Yeah. So Sandy, he was with us last year. Sandy. And he got the opportunity to, yeah. Yeah. He, then he got the opportunity to head off to um, to Croatia. Um, unfortunately for him, he didn't make an appearance or um, he was on mm. the bench a couple of times. Uh, but it was a huge milestone for this day and age for a, a player to leave India and make it, well, get a contract in a European club. So he took a chance and he went for it, took a big pay cut to advance his life in football. Didn't work out. He'll be stronger for it. He's come back to ATK Mahamagan and um, he's, he's just under a bit of an injury cloud. He's coming back. He could be back in for this game or um, coming up in a couple of days or, or the following game. Um, 
but he's definitely got potential to play overseas. He's strong. He's very, very good in the air. He's fit. He's committed, and he's a professional and a leader. Um, so this team would not like to lose him again. Um, <laughs> Sorry for trying to poach your players, he... <laughs> Willow, but uh, oh, I just thought it was an interesting it, coincidence. <laughs> if if it benefited him, you, you know, then of of course, um, and it might be easy for him to to play in Australia rather than being in a different culture like. Croatia and you know you're going there to steal someone's spot and those locals don't like that I went to Denmark and stole a a local striker spot and I wasn't accepted until I started scoring goals in the season so I mean it is difficult for foreigners obviously come but there's a culture in Indian culture anywhere in Australia he'll find places where um, you know he can hang out and be comfortable but he, he definitely has the mentality and the capability of playing there um yeah but this club would not like to lose him again that's for sure <laughs> you know as you as you were speaking there i kept thinking to myself one of the things that we do at fnr we have a number of programs one of them is the green room uh, and it uh, represents uh, western united and they are sm- sm- uh, slap bang right in the middle of one of the biggest indian communities in the whole yeah. of uh, melbourne uh, and i could see uh, a smart operation a really good um, not just PR but genuinely bringing a young player with talent and letting him letting him immerse himself in that community and he he could change the fortune not only of his own fortunes but also that club mm. definitely and you know look at for example just a you know slight example of Sung Park and Manchester United definitely yep. deserve to be there. Yep. But from a marketing point of view, you get the country behind his country, being South Korea behind him. You've got all these fans coming mm. to Manchester United if they weren't there already. Um, you know, Son, Son, Son in, at Spurs. What, yeah. That, you know, that's a big and then step. you've got a big, huge, exactly. You've got a huge country like India. You've got a, a young local lad that, um, you know, Indians will always claim their own even if he's born and raised and grown up in just outside melbourne he'll be in there Where, where's his grandparents from where is his heritage from they'll sure. attach on to that like they they kind of do with Southreet Singh a little bit which fair enough that's his culture mm. this is his heritage is here so um and when he's playing at a high level he's in germany now and stuff like that they they always think oh can we get him for the national team well he's unfortunately already played for New Zealand a few times so um, yeah he's he's definitely um, got football in his bones so that doesn't mean he got that from New Zealand so yeah. I think it, it's floating all around and again you just have to have the right right coach to to push these players and identify what they're strong at um, and you know advance that um, and just like you were saying with the four plus one I think it's a great idea mm. um, India now has um, an Asian spot allocated to each team. So each team has to have a, an Asian passport player. So that's um, me in this case. And it does provide a big opportunity mm. for Australian players to also venture out of um, of the A-League, um, if that's what I can call it now, um, or the men's top division in Australia. <laughs> A-League men's. Um, it's, uh... A-League men's, yeah. Um, uh, by so, the way, yeah, our A-League women's superstar, Sam Kerr, is of Indian background. She is. She is. I remember we discussed that the last – well, I heard you 
when I wasn't able to be there <laughs> to in audio. And, uh, yeah, that that was discussed. And yeah, it's, you know, they, they cling on to that. And then mm. you have a following there. People start to become more interested. You might, um, you know, get more followings. And it, it can boost, you know, the league if you bring certain people. Um, and, and, and sometimes it's, it's not always about bums on seats. It is about exposure. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely feel like Western United would be definitely a, a team to, to do that. You said Western United, yes. didn't you? Yep. Um, yep. Yep. Yes. And I know they want to embrace the community. Um, and that's a big thing that they, they could do. They're but going to build a stadium. One, They're going to build a stadium well, right, right in the middle. They've already started. Can you imagine? Well, you put Indian street food out there and you have the stadium <laughs> full in no time. So you, you've got to appeal to the people around you, I think, in, yeah. in clubs like that. And they have the opportunity to do it right from the start because they're new. Um, I feel like it's more difficult for older clubs in the league who are trying to get fans back into the, into the stadium um, who have previously had it. So it's reconnecting where in Western United they have the chance to connect from the start. So I think mm. they're in a probably a pretty good position to mm. um, to do well. And it's also their form on the pitch and results is helping in that sense right now. Tell us a little bit about your club situation and the merger that's that's happened uh, to bring uh, Mahan Bagan into the into the Indian Super League. They were previously, along with East Bengal, in, in the I-League, if I understand correctly, and they were hugely popular yeah, yeah, in that, correct. that other competition. So uh, how has that changed the, the club and the fan base and so forth? Yeah, so there's a big divide in that. Um, unfortunately, it's a bit unsettling for players. You know, players get Instagram messages and um, Twitter um, tags and all this stuff about breaking the merger. The Mahamagans aren't happy with that because mm. the owner's baby basically is, is ATK. And that's what I signed on to be. So I've got good memories there. So, for example, I put something up of a memory from that first season where we were successful. Um I don't always get welcomed with positive comments um, on that. So I'm not going to stop that because of someone else's feeling, uh, but it does offend them in certain ways. But um, it's a difficult situation because you don't want to antagonize or annoy one group, but then how do you please the other group in that sense? So. probably the best thing for the, the team at the moment is not being in Kolkata and being in the bubble for the last two years because there possibly could have been riots or unsettling mm. events at trainings and, and games and whatnot. So we can expect, you know, a, a bit of tension, I think, when we get back to Kolkata for the AFC Cup qualifying in April, wow. uh, which I hear it'll um, be with a crowd, uh, which will be nice. Um uh, fans let in because it's not run by the league it's a AFC tournament so um, I think anything goes just as long as the game gets played <laughs> they don't really care um, so yeah it is a it, it is a tough situation um, but the history of Mahamagan is is huge um, and you know it, it it's great to be involved in that but again like for example Roy Christian and I we we signed from Wellington together at ATK so we have great memories from there we won a trophy the first mm. year i think we lost four games that first year so that in my mind is is quite still fresh and successful you know um so i try not to um you know piss off in a way or offend anyone <laughs> but then i can't express exactly how i feel um 
So then that's and you know I'm I'm a quite honest guy, so it's withholding information or, or celebrations rather than um, you know offending people. So time heals things. I think yeah. I think um, yeah it'll probably take a bit more time before um, it will work for the fans. But there might be fans who who just completely are against it and um but from my understanding Mahambagan were in financial difficulty and if our owner of ATK uh Mr Sanjeev Goenka if he didn't take over the club there was no one there to keep mm. the club afloat so possibly the sense that there might not have been a Mahambagan in one year or two years from now because it was just going down 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 so our mm. owner with every right that he does he bought the club he pays the salary, he pays for everything. Yeah. So he yeah. pays the bills. So to have his, um, I guess, brand or his name in front um, as a player, I have to respect that. So, yeah. Speaking of you as a player, uh, we're talking to uh, David Williams or, or Willow. Uh, Willow 16. Uh, I remember him uh, as a fantastic Fif- addition. 15. Willow 15. 15. Oh, gee. <laughs> That, I started you can, my Twitter. You can laugh. You can laugh, you can laugh now. <laughs> Go on. You were saying. I, I started my Twitter in when I first arrived in Melbourne at Melbourne Heart, um, and that was my number fifteen. I took over from John Aloisi. So when we started the Twitter handles, nickname Willow underscore fifteen. Not that I use it much. I use it for all my news back home <laughs> to know when the borders open, how many people are vaccinated in council. <laughs> Stuff now, like that, now so. Townsville for, for you is home because that's where your partner, that's where the children are, uh, and they've been yep. without you for the better part of the last six months. Talk to us about that. Mentally, how do you, how do you cope with that, my friend? Um, well, it's funny because I'm actually studying, um, yeah, children's mental health um, and mentoring as well. Like, it, it, And it's difficult, and I'm going through a sometimes a tough situation i'm without my family and um it is very hard and as much as i need them they also need me so i'm thinking that my boys being five and two and a half you know really need um a you know a father figure and and their dad around so it's it's difficult to to sit sit here and just you know have the rest and relax and do that and not be able to um provide what i need to provide except for financially and at the end of the day, that's why I'm here is to mm. provide for the future to make it easier for us. So do the hard yards. And, and that happens with, I think, I guess, 90% of human life around the world, whether or not they're doing the hard yards, living in the same city, but working five to five and these long days and still not getting the time. I'm, I'm, I'm here doing what I love, but for the future of my family and and to be comfortable so it is difficult uh, my wife's a very very strong woman who um you know can can still get through all this but she's she's kept quite busy by the boys so um i think the days that the day ends and she gets some some good rest at times but she she definitely needs um, a good break once i get home has it been helpful for you with this in this period to have a familiar face around in, in Roy Krishna, someone who you had a prior relationship with on and off the field at, at Wellington? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we were roommates actually um, a lot of the time when we were in Wellington. So that helped as well in coming here. Now two of us are the foreign players. We generally get our own rooms, which is nice. So <laughs> sometimes we, we get into a hotel and if we were rooming together and, you know, we weren't really happy with the, the bed configuration or it was a little bit small, we'd just make a quick call to the, to the manager or send him a, a quick text and, um, they'd have a key for us for we'd have two separate rooms and um, yeah so that, that it's good we were looked after here so we have a laugh together we you know being in quarantine oh well in a bubble we, we spend a lot of time and um, his wife's here also and they've had a baby who just turns three months old today wow. um, so I'm Uncle Willie over here to them <laughs> and I um, yeah get get her to sleep when they they need to um, have uh, have their lunch or dinner or you know have some time time to themselves I'll, I'll always take her and it makes me appreciate my kids when I get to hold this little baby and I always wanted a girl and it's a little girl so um yeah it, it's nice for now it, it just gets me through uh, until I get home if your wife uh, is yeah, listening like, if your wife is listening um uh, what's her name your wife's name? Madeline. Uh, Madeline, he just mentioned he, he, he would love a daughter. So just, just <laughs> putting a thought in there for you. Uh, speak to us about language. Uh, are you immersing yourself to the point where you can, you've learnt some language or you've learnt some words or some phrases? Can you get by? Or does English get you by? Oh, <laughs> or does English get you everything? Oh, English gets you everything here. Everyone speaks English fine. Um, it. Yeah, you, we don't have to learn Hindi because every state has their own language and even throughout the state, they have their own mother tongue. So mm. some boys, well, most boys know Hindi, yep. but there's even a couple of boys in our team or in other teams as well who don't even speak Hindi. They either speak a little bit of English or their mother tongue. So um, majority speak their mother tongue hindi and english so they can speak three languages but there are a few boys who speak even more their parents might be from two different states so they've got to learn their languages learn um hindi as well as the you know the um or how do you say that the national yep Indian language and then English being the number one language. So is, the, uh, is, English, is English the yeah. number one language for television and radio? Um, I think so, yes. Uh-huh. I don't – but they do it in both. Okay. And a lot of commentators um, or personnel on, on air, um, you know, MCs, they go back and forth between English and, and yeah. Hindi like it's so, nothing. So it's what quite language amazing. Does, so. so what language does Andy Pascalides call the game in when he's calling? <laughs> <laughs> Probably Greek. <laughs> nah, Andy Andy's, does very well here, and he's very well respected. So he he's got he's generally doing his English part, um, and then you know on the other side there's um, uh, I think Indian commentators as well. So yeah. um, you can watch the game in a in a in a couple of languages, which is good. He's got you in inverted commas, the indigenous boy, isn't he, or the indigenous footballer? It, the Indigenous Australian. Oh, Indigenous Australian, right? Okay, first yeah, Australian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah. So, so he's. So talk to us. Yeah, sorry, talk to us. Uh, take me back. Take me back because I can remember some golden times uh, when you were making, uh, you know, a whole new set of fans, uh, very excited when you were breaking through and scoring some truly wonderful goals at uh, at Amy Park. Um, 
can can you take us back to those early days? How easy or how difficult was was it making your way even then in the A League in a brand new club that was trying to make its way up against the the might of Melbourne Victory, which had been you know for five years the the team and the base and the biggest club in the country? What was it like in those days for you? Um, it was good. I was excited to come to Melbourne. Um, this is from Fury. You know, to, from Fury, yeah, from Fury. I, I, I was very comfortable in in Townsville. Um, we had a good lifestyle up there, but you know we weren't very successful. And um, I was speaking to a few different teams in the A League as well to to move to. But um, Hart appealed to me. They made a big effort to um, have me on board and. Um, yeah, I was excited about the prospect of, of, of going there and signing there. And um, I don't think I, looking back on it, I, I probably could have applied myself a little bit better and, um, you know, got better results for the team or scored more and, and things. I don't, I don't think I was um, the complete player being that age. And, you know, I, I don't think I was in my prime. I, uh, it's weird to say that I feel like I'm in my prime when I hit, probably India um, but being in Wellington I feel like I hit some really good form yeah. there under uh, Mark Rudan um, and then coming to India I, I just felt a little bit more free um, I think there's a lot of um, you know the professional side in Australia is as high level as you go in the world so you've got people on high salaries in in england earning millions of dollars being the same professional level as a kid who's on forty five thousand dollars a year you know so the standards are the same but the wages are totally different um so i definitely probably should have applied myself a little bit more i don't regret my career in that Mm. sense because i wouldn't be where i am now if i didn't make the decisions of Mm. um that i had done in my playing career but at 30 or 29 30 31 i feel like i've you know scored some some of my best goals in that age bracket and even the last two years I, i feel like i've scored some really good goals as well um i've developed as a player and i feel like as a as a human as well after having kids um and definitely thought what is life about it's not all about football i'm very very lucky and privileged to do what i do but um if for some reason there was you know an incident and i couldn't play football anymore i'd be so happy in terms of life outside of football i have my family there i have a good setup in townsville and yeah i've just learned being in a bubble mentally you 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 struggle um, sometimes it's good because you're winning, but you've got a lot of time to think and there's more to life to, to just your job and, and things like it's the people around you and, and being around good humans. So I'm around good people at the moment at here, which is st- still getting me through. But um, So I've kind of gone off track there, but going back to Melbourne Heart, I've, yeah, I love my time there. When it transferred into Melbourne City, um, I extended my contract there and – Loved being a part of that that setup. We got everything given to us, um, and probably didn't get the the results um, that we should have with everything hand hand fed. Basically, it was on a platter. The facilities, the training ground, the you know being at Amy Park. Um, but no matter the form of victory or Melbourne City or Melbourne Heart at the time, we could be close to the bottom of the league. But you 
for a derby, you get up, you get up for it. And it doesn't matter about form goes out the window um, because it's the passion, it's the fans full of aim. I, I remember yeah, even being at Eddie had 52,000. Yeah. Like that's a, that was amazing. Um, and that's what you live for in football term is the derbies, the, these big games that you can be out there for 90 minutes or 60 minutes, however long you, you, you get the opportunity to play. Um, you've got the chance to entertain people and, and not make a name for yourself because I don't think I've ever been selfish in that way, but um, you can write the headlines the next day in the paper. Like this is this is power that you – you know, not many people get. So um, I enjoyed I enjoyed my time um, there, but I think I got a bit too comfortable um, and a bit too com- complacent. And um, and yeah, I needed a change. And um, yeah, it all worked out. I travelled a bit more of the world. Got got to Hungary and um, went back to then to New Zealand as well. Um, that was beautiful. Wellington's an amazing city. Yeah, very um, pretty. And now in India. Very pretty. You Very pretty. So stunning career, beach out your window of, now. So it hasn't yeah, worked yeah, out you, too you, badly. You can wave. You can wave the palm yeah. tree. Show us the palm trees again. <laughs> Just wave it around. Look at look look at this. Yeah, I mean, this, this. Yeah. it's a tough nice, day. Nice tough day in Melbourne, but we're there. Here, there he is in yeah. Goa, having a really yeah. awkward afternoon. <laughs> There's um there's dolphin dolphins just oh, out the front as well. Oh so yeah, just pump it up a <laughs> little bit more for us. The tourism yeah, commission, well, the tourism the, commission the just dolphin. rang me. They said, "Is that David Williams talking about Goa?" <laughs> <laughs> Mate, it's a good good spot, and unfortunately, we can't see it. We can't see outside of these walls unless we're going to training mm. or wow. um, or the stadium. So. Yes, the life might seem good, um, and yes, it's a good view. Um, but yeah, I, I get to see the, the the dolphin tour boats. They it's a bit of a party boat. They pump the music, drop a bit of <laughs> fish out the back, and hopefully the dolphins follow them. So um, yeah, it, it it's a good spot. But you know, I'm, I'm ready to finish the season. We've got um, 30, 38 days left. Not that I'm counting, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fantastic uh, stuff. And, oh, by the way, uh, imagine yeah. how Perth Glory's feeling. Uh, then they're not even allowed yeah. to visit uh, their own state because their their the WA Premier has created a whole new world that um, many people are thinking they should just secede because <laughs> they don't belong to the rest of Australia. <laughs> well, yeah. Do you remember? I think was it. Um, in per- a Mark Chopper Reed impersonator did a oh, yeah. skit and he had the map of Australia <laughs> and he had all of Australia and then it was only Perth but I think in this instance Perth separated from Australia and he said well they're so far away just push them even more so <laughs> that was Western Australia you could do that it was I'm not going to swear because that's how Chopper does it and it was quite funny but they're so far over that sense but they're definitely disconnected I'm, i see it on twitter and online and people aren't happy mm. there's also a league players who have raised concerns of, yeah. of course perth glory about also not being able to play in front of their family and friends and see them and um you know if the whole of australia is besides western australia is learning to live with it um you know coronavirus i don't really enjoy speaking about about it i think we give too much time speaking sure. about it sure. um it's just a bit draining, you know. I I just think they need to get on with it as well and learn to deal with it because uh, Omicron, the variant, has gone through the league here and gone through the team. Um, not everyone, I was lucky to dodge it. I'm still 
33 and agile, so I'm in between the in between everyone in that's, the hallway. That's, so. that's Willow just uh, flicking, yeah. you know, little lefts and rights, throwing a feint here and Throw, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly, and you know, go around and oh, not not that way. I'll choose another way to walk or something. But it it went through you know, a good 60 percent of our oh. our team with staff and drive bus drivers and everything like that as well um i was offering to drive the coaster but they said no no no, it's all good (laughs) um so i just think it's mentally a terrible way to be dealing with perth glory and the government at the time i I feel very sorry for him i I remember reading something on roston griffith's um, facebook and and you know he's he's a good boy and your former fury teammate right baby yeah yes and um you know i i just he's he's a very honest guy and yeah. i wish people could be more open like he is as well because i think fans would get more enjoyment out of players and too, too um, right. being more yeah. honest correct whereas we get kind of pushed down or fined or sanctioned for for being honest and yeah. uh, which is unfortunate um but in that sense you know he he was saying you know he's his wife and and little girl can't even get back to see their, uh, her grandparents and family. It's been so long. So I, I don't agree with that because I've got my family yeah. back in Queensland and the borders were shut for a long time as well. And to leave was a nightmare. Um, I, Part of me and, and George, I know I'm going down a political point. You've got a lot more experience than me, but I, I just don't understand why Australia aren't all on the same page. We're... Uh- I We're one some, nation to... I'm 100%. Yeah, it's probably an easy throw-out comment, but yeah. Yeah, look, David, we said many, many, many moons ago, Josh and I have spoken about this, Federation has failed us. 100-plus years ago when they set up Federation, the whole point was for one nation to work together. And somehow we've created yep. a situation where you've got a number of fiefdoms and premiers playing their own strategic game for whatever reason. There's a federal election and there's a state election coming up. So... That should give yeah. you an idea what, what sort of games are going to be played. But listen, can we just take an opportunity to say thank you for being so open and so uh, generous to give us this time. I want, before your contract is finished, we want to come back and talk to you again as you guys oh, rep up and to. do that. Yep. And let Madeline know that you're on so she can have, have a laugh while we're talking. <laughs> Oh, definitely. She tried to call me before. She's on her way back from the the uni, so I should um should give her a call back. But no, she's 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 been great. I can't wait to see my family. I'll get a little break off. We've got, I think we've got seven games left of the season. Uh, we've got a couple of games in hand, and we're already in the top four, so we can push for um, top spot. Um, take points off Kerala and Bangalore, who are above us, and we've got a game in hand. Um, First spot here is Asian Champions League for next season, so mm. there's heaps to mm. he, heaps to play for. Um, it, you know, India football people don't think you can play competitions outside India, but I was in AFC Cup uh, last year. So from being in lockdown for majority of my holidays in in Townsville and um, staying up there, which was still great because you know COVID wasn't much of a thing up there. Um, probably June, July, August last year, I left. So you couldn't travel, couldn't really go to Sydney, couldn't go to Melbourne, couldn't do anything without border passes and essential work. I left Brisbane on August 10th. And between that time, I went from Brisbane to Kolkata in India. Then we went to um, the Maldives 
for a week for a tournament. Then we came back to Kolkata again, all free flowing, no restrictions. Um, then we went to Uzbekistan. We had a AFC Cup game there against FC Nasaf. After that, I went to Istanbul, flew from Istanbul then to um, uh, Barcelona, had a couple of days there. Went to France, Scotland, back to France, back to Kolkata, all within two months. But I couldn't even go to Sydney. So, <laughs> hey, at least I, at least you've I been seeing the rest of the world in the meantime. <laughs> exactly, and and as long as you're doing the right things and you you know you're keeping clean and hygienic, um, you can still work, mm. uh, and you can still get out there and do things and. The world has kind of moved on, and yes, it's difficult situations. But um, I think about yeah, the A League, and I, I watch it. I watch all the games as well when I'm available. When they're on, I watch. I watch the A League men's um, as much as I can. I sign up to Paramount and put my VPN on. And <laughs> if I can't do that, yeah, if I can't do that, some of the games are on YouTube for um, for everyone outside of the country. Um, as well, and I keep an eye on it because I've got friends playing there, and you know, one day I would like to be back there for sure. Um, it's definitely a possibility. You know, teams also know what I'm capable of still at this age, especially now that you've matured. But especially now that you've yeah. matured. <laughs> well, I'm getting a lot more responsibility as well. Ah. Um, as that maturity comes, I'm I'm slowing down, um, <laughs> but that gives me more control with the ball. Um, and then I'm slowly from a striker. I'm coming down to a number ten. I could be in the midfield next year, or possibly centre back in two years. But um, I'm enjoying that freedom in the number ten role. And the coach gives me a lot of confidence to to leave a central striker um, position to go and touch the ball to create something to be yeah to be a bit more creative. And um, I, I enjoy that. And I feel like I've become a better player since I've got a bit more freedom instead of being the fast striker just running deep or um, just dropping the ball off and then running deep again. So uh, I've got more to offer now, which is which is good. I'm not trying to pump myself up. I just know myself as a player. Um, I, I, I can still play for another couple of years with the different styles of, of coaches and, and also, like you just mentioned, George, the maturity. Um, yeah. It comes with age and... Um, yeah, a bit more controlled and uh, yeah, a bit more professional these days because I want to prolong my career. So I, I feel good. Um, but also, like, we could talk for hours about it. But I, I feel like I need to come back to, to Australia and, and, and be a role model more for these Indigenous kids who possibly yeah. can come up to day league football. But Let's do we that. need to identify them. Let's get yeah. some more. And Josh, like you were saying, and I would love people to get on this kind of bandwagon i feel like a league clubs or even youth teams for example i don't know the exact number of um the youth um the youth league squad is but i feel like two of those spots need to be specifically for indigenous kids um where for example it's a squad of 21 two of those have to be um, for Indigenous kids and if the club aren't able to find them or fill those spots um, then you 
stay with 19. So then your squad's less. So it's an incentive to to get these kids integrated, and and you've got to find the right you got to find the right people or the right players that um, to put them in a city where they might have family or, or friends already, where you're not plucking them out from Northern Territory and just throwing in the deep end. And I'd love to be involved in something like that. It's an idea of mine that hopefully can get pushed that I'd speak with Andy Pascalides a bit, but uh, Great the talent's idea. out there. Great idea, the my boy. The talent's out there and they're loving the AFL, they're loving the NRL they might not have those specific skills. They might be very talented in football, but I'm putting my hand up and and saying I'm happy to go and look at them, to watch them, to fly with them, to bring them to Fantastic. a club. And I, yeah, so that's a dream of mine is to to still play play in in Australia and um, you know make sure that Aboriginal kids know that they can they can play football on on tv in front of um, their family and friends as well so they're exciting they're exciting these young kids we just got to go and find them david williams you've done it again willow thank you so very much for giving us the time and for catching up and we're going to do some more get back to you Uh, stay well stay safe and uh, we're going to talk more about this indigenous dream of yours i think it's a great idea all the best Willow. no worries well Save a spot, like I said. Save a spot for a jersey in the back. I'll have one one sent to you. Oh, Don't we, we would love that. We would display it with pride yeah. here in the FNR studios, Willow. Well, I, I I see the old Socceroos jersey right on the left at the back corner there. That was probably from the 2005, 2000. I reckon that might maybe. be 001 or 02, that number. That's a, that's a real that's a real uh, vintage one. I've got a few of them in my box from being in under 17, under 20, and the... Because it's so hot in Townsville, being in storage, when I open them, sometimes the lettering and the numbers are, are <laughs> peeling off. So it's not not great. Need to um, find some better storage, I think. No worries. Well, we're happy to anyway, provide. Thank you for having me. All the best, thank David. Thank you for having me. Um, we'll talk to you guys when it suits you. Catch up soon. Bit. Done. All the best, David. <laughs> yeah. Thank David Williams joining us uh, to talk about uh, his. Uh, current stint in uh, in India in the Indian Premier League, uh, he's currently based in a bubble in Goa, um, and as you can say, uh, and as he showed us, uh, palm trees and beautiful beaches, but he can't go outside. Isn't that tantalising? It's like a wow. Microsoft screensaver. <laughs> just, <laughs> just crazy just, you, stuff. you can't touch it. But uh, George, we've got to go to a break because we've got a guest waiting. Another for guest us. waiting for us. Absolutely. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR. Uh, Josh Parrish, George Danikian in the studio in Docklands and joining us via Zoom, he's in Sydney, uh, Phil McAuliffe. Phil, how are you? Welcome to the program. Thanks, mate. Uh, thanks uh, for having me. Uh, listen, how are you? we're fine. We're excited because you've got a book, brand new book. It's called Quote unquote and uh, Lee Robson said to me it's available uh, now at uh, fairpaypublishing.com.au and they tell me it's also available at all good bookstores or Amazon who seems to be in just about everything these days it's available as a paperback uh, I think we've got a you know some interesting times coming up and you've got some fantastic quotes where did the idea for the book come from uh, Phil um, well, okay. Well, I retired in June, George, uh, as you know. I and, don't believe uh, <laughs> in retirement, Phil. I don't believe in retirement. Well, well, there comes a time when you have to give it a, you know, you have to stop and just... 
<laughs> but anyway, to cut a long story short, so when I retired, uh, Bonita Mercedes rang me and she said to me, Phil, why don't you write a book? I said, what about? She said, how about your best stories? Uh-huh. I said, hey, um, uh, okay. And I, the idea appeals to me and I went back into my records and I've uh, discovered that there's a few, you know, some decent stuff there. <laughs> and, uh, the best hundred, uh, unfortunately, the, the, the stories I wrote for News Limited are not online, so I had to type them in again. Wow. I, had, I had photocopies, but there weren't as many as the ones I wrote for SBS, the World Game. But they're all online, so that's no problem. Take but, us back. Take us back to some of the, the the quotes that you still think resonate, and you, it gave you enormous pleasure being part of uh, you know the. The, the press family as you were for for many years and um, uh, you know you guys kept the game alive you gave it energy you gave us a, an opportunity to peer behind the scenes because not everybody gets access to the football uh, unless they're professionals and you were inside getting a good look for a long long time uh, what did you make of those early days especially in your career Phil well, I still consider it a privilege. I wouldn't say this uh, to my employers, but I would have done it all for nothing. Shh, <laughs> <laughs> Phil, shush, shush. And, uh, I'm not exactly uh, 100% joking, mind you. <laughs> anyway, but the point is that it's a privilege. I, I got to meet a lot of people. I interviewed a lot of big names. I went to some big matches abroad and in Australia, you know, and I didn't have to pay a cent for that. And I got paid for it. So, 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 you know, uh, I, I feel very lucky and very privileged. Um, what, what was the highlight? What, is there, has there been one, or has it been an, an array of uh, of uh, highlights that you know just fill you with a great deal of satisfaction? Well, the thing is that uh, two players, which I will always uh, fondly remember having talked to, uh, one of them was Michel Platini, and yep. the other one. Diego Maradona, uh, sorry, Alvaro Recoba. I spoke to Maradona as well, but anyway, Alvaro Recoba gave me a fairly decent story in 2005 because um, you remember when we played Uruguay and we lost the first leg in Montevideo 1-0? Yes. Uh, I was working in the Sydney office of the Daily Telegraph those days and we were handling the coverage of the event. We had, I think, three or four whole pages devoted to the match. And I was handling a little story, a reaction-type story from the Uruguayan side of things, okay? Yep. And it was a small story, but in the very last paragraph, there was this quote from Recoba, who said that uh, we've got a divine right to make the World Cup. I said, Jesus, this is a good quote. <laughs> but there wasn't enough for me to rewrite this story and put it on top, you know, and lead with it, because there was nothing, not even a quote, I think. So what I did, I... I Cut out the, the part so it's not to alert. Just lost your audio there, Phil. Uh, have you moved? Uh, he's, he's probably he's, he's probably in one of the, the media. Oh, got, no, 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 no. And, it's it's yeah. it, we sorry, we just lost you there. The, just go, just replay that last 15, 20 seconds of that All conversation. Right. 
okay. And uh, I was subbing this story from the Uruguayan reaction type. Yep. Uh, and in the last paragraph, there was this quote from Rekova, who said that they've got a divine right to make the World Cup. I said, gee, that's a great quote. But I couldn't rewrite the story and put it on top as the, as the intro because there was not much on it. Yep. So what I did was I cut the whole part all together so as not to alert anybody else in the media. <laughs> and I just read and I just waited for him to come to Sydney a day or two later. I went up to him and yeah. I said, listen, mate, um, you, you were quoted as saying yesterday or the day before that uh, Uruguay have a divine right to make the World Cup. Uh, could you please explain or elaborate on this? And he was telling me, you know, that Uruguay are Uruguay and Australians, uh, they should respect us. Uh, you know, a World Cup without Uruguay is not really, you know, uh, it, it misses, uh, it, it loses a bit with, uh, without us there. So, so I'm sorry, but, but uh, we've got a right to be there, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it was a good story, wasn't it? And I couldn't wait to get back to the office at the Telegraph. And I think they put it on the back page. And it was good, good, because uh, I, I felt very proud that day. And also, I was very, I was very intrigued when I had a chat with um, Platini a few days, a few years earlier, because um, remember when... Uh, uh, the soccer rules played the FIFA All-Stars as part of the inauguration of Stadium Australia That's in 1999. Right. I yeah, George, Weir, George Weir was the captain of the, of the yeah, uh, Select yeah. Eleven. Yeah, and Platini was in town and I went up to him and said, listen, uh, can we have a bit of a chat? And we were talking about all sorts of things, you know, and you know how when you interview a big player, you know, or a big personality, one of the questions you ask him is, which was the highlight of your career? Yeah. Okay, and he said, the highlight of my career was the World Cup semi-final in 1982. I said, you've got to be joking, are you? He said, what do you mean? I said, you were leading 3-1 in extra time and you lost on penalties and it's still the highlight of your career. He said, of course. He said, because I, am, I was one of 22 players who were privileged to have played in arguably the greatest match ever played. <laughs> so isn't it? Said, so it goes to show you yet again that perspective is all important. You're telling a story, and he gave you a unique view. Yes, because love it. I, I, I said, love it. Yeah, yeah, because he said, you know, it was emotionally and technically and dramatically, it was perfect. It was, the, and I was one of twenty-two players who have played in it. That's why it was my highlight. I said, okay, sir. <laughs> well, look, I can remember that game. Uh, uh, we were, we were, uh, of course, 1982. That was in in Spain. Uh, the the World Cup was uh, just going, uh, you know, from strength to strength. SBS had made a huge contribution to the game, especially when we launched in 1980. And um, you had Les, you had uh, Johnny Warren, and a host of others who um, jumped on board and started preaching the gospel to a whole crop of new football fans. Uh, so when you reflect and you allow Platini to give you that, that insight, that, that makes it an extraordinarily special opportunity uh, to, to speak to Maradona, to speak to Recoba, to, to speak to Platini. Uh, I got a chance to speak to Pelé. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I remember, one of the uh, women, one of the journalists from A Current Affair was very keen to, to um, get, a, get a quote from um, Pelé. And guess which quote she went with, uh, Phil? The quote, that no she, the quote that she ran past him was, tell us, um, uh, Pelé, um, 
do you believe that players, footballers, should have sex before a, before a game? Is it good for you or is it bad for you? And, of course, Pelé, being Pelé, said, I absolutely have no problem with having sex before a game. He, then he balked. He sort of had pause for a millisecond. Then he said, the only, con- only problem I have is I'm worried about my players wasting seven hours looking for it. <laughs> so you see, perspective is everything. And tell, yes. tell us about how many quotes make up the book, quote, unquote. What, what, you mean interviews? Yes, yeah, yeah. top stories. How many have you used uh, to, make, the to bring the book the, to life? Off the top of my head, there's about, you know, there's 100 stories. There's probably about uh, 50 interviews. That's fantastic. Um, no, I mean, off the top of my head, I spoke. There all there are interviews with Zico, Pele, Maradona, Platini, uh, Skilacci, Dunga, Skilacci. I was in Italy in 1990 and the first time yeah. this man Scalacci ran onto yeah. the pitch uh, you yeah. know, he had he had the uh, the five o'clock shadow but he had it at 11 o'clock in the morning uh, and, yeah. and he was Mr. Yeah. Cool and he and the yeah. crowd <laughs> the crowd at the Stadio Olimpico you could hear them Toto Scalacci <laughs> and we're, we're yeah. talking 70,000 yeah. 80,000 people going nuts yeah, yeah. What a yeah. side, Roberto Yeah, I spoke to Jeff Hurst as well, and 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 Terry Venables, and uh, long interviews, you know. And who was uh, the most impressive? Yeah. Who was the most impressive, Phil? You mean person to talk to? For you, for you, who who impressed you the most of all the of all the great interviews that you've had an opportunity to uh, partake in and record? Which you know, walked, who did you walk away from and go, God, that was great. I loved it. Oh, Platini was good. was was very good because he gave me half an hour. Yeah, and, that's great. Uh, and uh, he talked and talked and talked. I, I can speak Italian. Obviously, he played for Juventus, and he can speak Italian very well. Yeah, yeah. So we got we got on very well. Uh, but yeah, Platini was very good. Maradona was a bit different. Maradona. What struck me about Maradona was that when I went up to him at the hotel in Kuji, I think it was. Yeah. You know, a, a few days before the match against uh, Australia at the football stadium, mm. the thing that struck me most is how small he is. Yeah, he's tiny. And 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 when he came to Australia, he was really slimmed down because he had been one year out 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 of football because of the ban. So he was really in fit fit, but he was so small. I remember he looked like a, an under sixteen junior. But what an under-16-year-old junior he proved to <laughs> yeah. be. He could play a bit, didn't he? He could. Phil, tell me, who, who are your favourite footballers? If I go back and, 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 and ask you to give us your top three, who would they be? Would, would Maradona be one of them? Um, okay, this is hard. Um, but you have to grant me this, that I won't give it to you in any particular order. Fair enough. Because I'm not sure. Because I'm not sure. <laughs> All right? Yep. My top three, my top three best ever yep. would be De Stefano. Oh, yeah. Pele and Maradona. Well, you know, but, you know what you've but, done. You know what you've done. He's, he's, got, a, he's got a caveat here, Oh, you've here, got Joe. a caveat. Go on. Go for it. What's well, the but? The What's the that, but? And knock, knocking on the door would be messy. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Do you know, right, knocking on their doors. Okay. Um, now, people might say that's sacrilege what you've said, but can I just – can I just – no, no, I'm just, I'm just going to uh, provide a disclaimer. People need to understand one thing when they, they talk about great players. They're all wonderful players. All of them are wonderful. And from De Stefano's time to Messi's time, the game has changed tremendously. It's of course. Ref, it's refereed differently. The pitches are now magnificent. They're manicured. The ball has changed. It reacts totally differently to the balls that De Stefano and Pushkash and others used to use. The game is a very different game. And to think we have the audacity as so-called fans, to think we know who the goat is, the greatest of all time. There is, for me, that's one of, the, one of those phrases that when I hear it, I want to I puke. <laughs> I, I act, uh, for me, I've always thought each generation throws up marvellous champions and we should revere mm-hmm. them all. Yeah. Revere yeah. them all. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but the, the thing is this, George, that many people do not realise this, that when you start comparing players... And I say player A is better than player B or yeah. C or D or E. Yeah. Sometimes it is not just what they provide on the football field. I mean, in terms of sheer class. Sometimes you judge a player by the influence he has on his team. Very good. Mm. Very good. Okay. Yeah, All right. Absolutely. I mean, okay. I, I could be a great player, but if I can't influence the course of a match, I'm not that great, am I? Sure. Sure. I, I hear what you you're saying. You understand what I'm saying? You understand saying what to I'm me, saying? You could be technically brilliant, but if you don't have the, the, that inspirational component in, a, in your makeup, then what are you yeah. doing? You're, you're yeah. a very now, you know, sterile yeah, sort now, of footballer. Yeah, yeah. Now, Maradona, yeah. Pelé, and Di Stefano changed, changed many, many, many matches on their own. Correct. All right? Regardless of how they were playing. That's that's my view anyway. Phil, I, I wanted to ask you about your career and uh, working for SBS under under Les Murray in an era where I think football was struggling for respect and to be taken seriously and struggling with very oppositional media and, and SBS yep. was the one sort of enclave for, 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 for fans of, as the website was later deemed, the world game. Uh, tell us a bit about your memories uh, working for SBS. Well, the thing is that I did very little television with SBS, very little. I appeared on a few shows with Les and Fozzy, uh, but mostly my contribution to SBS was uh, in, on the World Game website, yep. which I enjoyed very much. The thing is, you have to understand, uh, Josh, that for a big part of my career, I spent it. I spent a big part of my career in the offices, uh, designing pages, writing headlines, selecting pictures, subbing mm. stories, you know, and all sorts of things. But th- I really got really stuck into football when I went out of the office and joined SBS and started mixing with people and going to football matches because that's where the, fo- the stories unfold, don't they? Absolutely. So, 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 so yeah. So, so uh, when I started working for SBS, it gave me the impetus to, to, to really express myself and uh, and I was as I said I was very fortunate because I, 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 I've been to a lot of events and, and I wrote a lot of stories and I'd like to think that people sort of somehow know me some people but uh, yeah that, that 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 was it i mean i i i i enjoyed sbs mostly because it gave me the scope to, to it, 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 i i'm i'm sort of 
I've always been, I always wanted to be a football writer, but sometimes, you know, other things come into consideration. Correct. And other it's called are, life. So, it's called life. Well, that's exactly right. So, uh, so, but then when I went to SBS, I found my niche, so to speak. No, no, you did. You did. You very much so. And those stories, uh, uh, you know, resonate. And in, in fact, they resonate so much. Um, Fair Play Publishing has come on board. The book is called Quote, Unquote, and it's available, as I said, a little earlier uh, from fairplaypublishing.com.au. And again, it's also available if you're, uh, you love reading about great stories, great characters and, and, and great people who've made the game extra special um yeah the book quote unquote available at all good bookstores or in fact amazon is now getting into the picture uh you can get the paperback at 24.99 or an ebook which is so easy to do at 12.99 instant instant that's right e it's called quote unquote film philip mccarliffe uh thank you for joining us and giving us a little bit of a teaser about some of the characters and some of the stories. And to think that Rekoba would think so much. Eh? Just imagine Uruguay not being in the World Cup. What a we scandal. St- <laughs> we, we started it in 1930. <laughs> How can we not be there? Look, but, it, but it, goes, it goes to the core. That's why when Australia went to Uruguay to play those games – they had so many problems at the airport, remember? They were made, <laughs> yes. they were made to feel like outsiders, not just outsiders yeah, oh, in the oh, yeah. game, but outsiders yeah. on the planet. They, you had no right to be here because Uruguay is going through. You have no right to play us. And, yeah, and, right. and Phil, maybe in some part your uh, your story helped rev up the uh, the Aussie right. players ahead of the home leg. You know, maybe Maybe you had a little part to play in our qualification. <laughs> Well, if that were the case, I'm not sure I would be doubly satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, thank you so much for making the time, and uh, we look forward to reading Mate, the book. Uh, thanks for having me, and uh, good luck with your show. Thank you so very much. Philip McAuliffe joining us on uh, State of Our Football Nation to talk about his new book, Quote Unquote. And uh, when you get to understand some of the stories or, or read some of the stories, um, it, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah? 100%. The way they run on the field, the way they strut around. Um, and, of course, you know, Uruguay does have an exceptional uh, history and a heritage. Um, uh, the, the football was designed around Uruguay. Let's not kid ourselves now. We know that. Um, I think the phrase is interesting too, divine right. Yeah. It, it, oh, yeah. We use it as a cliche, or a, but I think he, he meant he, it he literally. Believe, <laughs> I mean, I, I think in South America, football and religion, are the lines are a little more blurred than Correct. they are here. Yeah. So I think maybe some of what he meant is in, almost in lost in translation. In yeah. Brazil, <laughs> the, it, the symbolism. Yeah. Resonates throughout the whole 100%. country. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, uh, Josh, it's been a lot of fun catching up with uh, David Williams and then with Philip McAuliffe. Um, we've got to revisit David because yes. there's a tremendous story there that we've got to pursue. Yeah, something uh, he brought up at the end about yeah. indigenous pathways. And the fact that he Australia. has a dream. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he sees himself playing a viable and strong role in identifying talent and then being there as a bit of a mentor to get them through the, the awkward spots because he, as he said, he's matured now. I think he might go around one more season in in India and uh, try and play in that big derby that's coming up since they've merged clubs. And uh, I saw him score a couple of goals the other day. Uh, he's in top satellite, form. and he looks great. He's he, he's playing the best football he ever has played. 
Um, you know, he's peaking peaking late alongside Roy Krishna, and <laughs> late you know, boomer. I would I would love to see him back in the A League uh, to pursue his dreams on and off the pitch and and bring something that he felt he he didn't quite bring in his time in in Melbourne. He yep. he thought he he could have applied himself more and and could have developed his game further. But he's a different player to Correct. when he left for Wellington and when he left those shores for yeah. India. So uh, it's been a pleasure to catch up with him and with Philip McAuliffe. Uh, until next week. Uh, this is State of Our Football Nation on FNR, Football Nation Radio. Josh Parrish, George Danikian. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR.